Did you become a beauty business owner to take control of your life, have more freedom, and make more money only to realize it takes way more time and money than you were expecting to run the show? Maybe you see plenty of clients in your chair each day, but you don't know how to pay yourself. Maybe you're just getting started and want to be totally certain that you set yourself up for success right out of the gate. Maybe the view from your parking lot screams booming business, but behind the scenes, you know the financial side of the operation is quite messy. Maybe you've hired someone to do your bookkeeping and taxes, but still don't have a clue where your beauty business stands. When you're eager to take control of your beauty business's finances, come join me where we'll peel back the curtain on all of the money skills you wish you learned in beauty school. I'm Michelle Cook, a former beauty school graduate turned licensed CPA, and this is the Perfectly Profitable Stylist Podcast. Hey, hey, the deadline to file your tax return is almost here. And if you're not totally ready, instead of just slapping a bunch of stuff together, I really recommend just filing an extension. And so today I want to talk to you guys more about what an extension is, what it allows you to do, why it's totally and perfectly fine to file an extension, and just how it all works. So let's dive in. First, I want to start out by saying I might be a little bit biased here because I file an extension for my taxes every year. And it's not because I'm disorganized. It's not because I don't know my numbers, but there can be reasons beyond that, that you might want to file an extension. And so when I say that it's totally fine to file an extension, just know that it's so fine that I do it every year and it's really no big deal. Now, before we go into any details about extensions, something that's really important to understand is that an extension is additional time to file the paperwork, but it's not additional time to pay your taxes. So you still have to pay up to the government any amounts that you're expecting to owe by the deadline. And so this is why usually you're going to submit some kind of payment while you file the extension paperwork. If you have an accountant, then they're going to be able to tell you how much you should make a payment for. If you don't have an accountant, then your best bet is to grab your income and total it up. And then for your federal taxes, multiply your income by about 22% and reduce that by any estimated payments that you've already made and then just pay the remainder. And your states will vary, but anywhere around, you know, 6 to 8% would be a safe bet for most states to make that same calculation and make that payment. If you're expecting a refund, you don't need to make a payment. Technically speaking, if you're expecting a refund, there is no penalty for not filing an extension because any kind of penalty that comes with the extension is in relation to how much tax you owe. So if you owe nothing, then there is no penalty. However, I would say it's still the most safe thing to do to file a $0 extension if you're not going to be able to get your paperwork together in time. And the reason why is because you don't know for sure until you actually file the paperwork as to whether or not you're going to owe. And so you might expect a refund and then be surprised by something. And so that's why I say it's best to make sure that you go ahead and file that extension just in case things don't go how you're expecting. You won't get a penalty for having not filed that paperwork. 
There are lots of different reasons why you might need to extend. I think the number one reason that I see is that people just need additional time to gather the financial data together. And this often happens where someone will come to me in January and they haven't done their bookkeeping for the whole last year. They have a lot of um, missing pieces. And depending upon the time of year that they come to us and to other CPA firms, we might not have the capacity to do like a full year's bookkeeping cleanup as well as a tax return before that deadline. And so if there is a lot of old transactions that need to get cleaned up, I actually think you're just better off planning for that extension from the beginning because you don't want to rush and have shoddy records that later won't hold up to an audit. So it, you're in a much better position to go ahead, file the extension, and then take the time that's needed to really get your financial records in order. I've seen other issues like more like personal issues. Maybe you're used to filing jointly with your spouse, but you guys are in the middle of a divorce and still kind of negotiating things out. That would be a great reason to file an extension until you get things sorted. If you have accounts with brokerage firms, I have often seen this happen where technically 1099s are due depending on which type of 1099, January, February, sometimes as late as March. But They'll send corrected 1099s later. And I've had times where I've gotten corrected 1099s all the way in May, like after the original deadline. And if you get a corrected 1099 and the amounts are different, then you have to file an amended tax return. I don't know about you, but I hate wasting time. So the idea that I would have to file an amended tax return because I got a 1099 that got corrected later is like infuriating to me. So it's another reason why I do like to hold off on actually filing until it gets closer to that extension deadline, just in case little things like that pop up. And honestly, there could be a myriad of other reasons why you might want to file an extension. Maybe you're just really busy at the beginning of the year. Maybe you just don't have time and you need a little bit more to gather all the paperwork. There's really no shame and nothing wrong with having to file an extension. One thing that does concern people is they worry that filing an extension will actually increase their likelihood of being audited. So here's the thing. It doesn't. And I know that sometimes people are like, well, it might be a red flag. It's not. There's even some wisdom and the IRS never actually comes out and says how they audit people because if they came out and told everyone, then everyone would, um, you know, just make sure they're following the things that the IRS is specifically looking at and find other ways to get around stuff. But there is some wisdom that says IRS auditors have to be working year round. And so if that's the case in January, they still need to be working and they need to be given tax returns to look at. So if you're filing first up, the IRS actually is having possibly like more capacity and opportunity to audit. Um, I mean, that being said, the IRS has three years from the date that you file to look at the return. So even if you file an extension, it's they still get those three years one way or another. It doesn't really matter. But what we do know is that filing an extension does not increase the likelihood of an audit. So let's talk about actually filing the paperwork. And I, I say paperwork in quotation marks because I am all for doing literally everything electronically. 
So what you have to file is something called the form 4868. Yeah, technically you could go print that off, um, but that sounds terrible to me. So I'm going to tell you how to do it online. You're going to go to irs.gov slash payments. And there is a thing that says make a payment. So you're going to click that and you choose direct pay. Once you get there, the website asks for the reason for payment and you're going to choose extension. It wants to know how it needs to apply the payment and you will choose Form 4868 for your 1040 tax return. And you will choose the tax period. Now, you're always going to choose the year. And no matter what year, like right now we're in 2023. So that means you're going to choose last year, 2022, because we're filing 2022's return. So you're always going to choose the historical year. Go ahead and click continue. The next step is they want to identify who you are to make sure that the payment can get applied. So what they do is they ask for information from a prior year return. So you have to choose whatever tax year you're going to pull that information from. And you'll go ahead and put in your filing status, your first and last name, social security number, date of birth, the address that was on that tax return. And let me tell you, that address needs to match 100%. Next, you'll go ahead and put in all of your bank account information, routing number, account number, as well as how much you want to pay. And then you can choose the payment date. And you can choose anywhere from today's date over to when the payment is actually due, which is generally April 15th, unless that falls on a weekend or a holiday, and then it might get pushed back a couple days. From there, you'll go in, enter in your email address, confirm the amounts and account numbers, and click submit. And that's all you need to do to get your federal extension filed and paid. It takes less than five minutes. Filing extensions for the states is a very similar process. Since there are 50 different states, I'm not going to go through every single state with you. But if you just Google the name of your state tax return extension payment, you're going to be able to find that website address. And like I said, very similar process. Let them know it's for an extension. Give them your bank account and routing number. Tell them how much you want to pay. And that's pretty much it. Personally, when I file an extension, I always like to just a little bit overestimate how much I should pay because I know that there will be no penalties whatsoever as long as I'm getting a refund. So I'll throw in like an extra $1,000 on top of my calculation of what I owe just so I can give myself a little bit of buffer room and make sure that I don't have to worry about penalties later on. Now, let's say you're at the point where you're like, okay, that's great. I know that I can file for an extension, but I don't have all of the money. <laughs> Go ahead and make whatever payment you can. Just because you can't make the payment doesn't mean that you shouldn't still file the paperwork. Um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't make some kind of payment towards it. If you can truly afford nothing, um, I would say just put in like $10. I think that's the lowest that the website will let you go to be able to still file something. Um, and even just that small amount will hold your spot as having filed that extension. Some states actually do accept the federal extension, so it's possible that you won't have to file your state's extension. However, if you do need to make a payment, you may as well just file the state's paperwork too. I also want to throw out a friendly reminder that Q1 estimated taxes for this year are also due 
and April. And so if you haven't been making estimated payments last year and then you end up owing a lot, you might need to make two payments to get yourself caught up. If you can't make both of those payments, it kind of depends on your situation as to which one you should prioritize. If you are planning on setting up a payment plan for last year, then you may as well just pay your current year's estimate so you don't get further behind. If you don't plan on setting up a payment plan, then go ahead and make the extension payment and then try to save up extra later in the year to make up for that missed Q1 payment. All right, I hope this was helpful and good luck with your extensions.